listening to the Film Drunk broadcast. I'm Vince Mancini. It's going to be a great show this week. Uh, we got Drew McGarry from Deadspin and GQ coming on. We're going to talk about the Netflix documentary about Roger Stone called Get Me Roger Stone. That's going to be in a little bit. First, let me introduce my best friends, my panel. First off, Mr. Matt Lieb, L.A. Matt. Woo! What's up, motherfucker? This is going to be a great podcast. I will not be depressed by the end. Cool, cool. Uh, and future NFL Hall of Famer, Brendan. Don't ask me to play flag football, dog! That'll, that'll, you'll, you'll get that later. <laughs> What's going to happen? I don't know. How could we? <laughs> we can't predict the future. Time is linear only. <laughs> yeah. All right. Drew, how's it going? Great. How you guys doing? Pretty good. I'm uh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm dragging ass before the weekend. Like so, summer is always just awful because it just drags on forever and ever, and we're right at the beginning of it. So I'm already got I've already got the summer lethargy. Are you already so, working for the weekend? Yes, I am always working for the weekend. What, why? I, why is summer I, harder? Because of, of kids stuff, because mm. either you have to put them in camp for a billion dollars a week, yeah. or they're home, and they're bored, and they start punching one another within 10 minutes, <laughs> and that's and that's like before like 8 a.m., and you have a whole day in front of you where you have to figure out what you're going to do with them, and it's just, it's just awful. Don't it's you have to worst. spend, you just have to spend a billion dollars to send them off to camp or something, right? Yes, yes, you have to send them off to camp. But the camp, the camp is extremely expensive. They're not stupid. Big camp knows uh, that they can that they can squeeze you. They have you by the nuts. So <laughs> yeah. it's, and I just also, I'm just very like it's hot. Like I live, you know, in Maryland. It's a swamp. Like you know, it's like sweaty nut basket within, you know, like within the last week. Are you in Baltimore, Murderland? No, I'm outside of uh, D.C. So I'm in the. Uh, I'm in the shit. You're in the shit. That's why you have to wear the salmon polos, right? It reflects it reflects the sun and swampiness. It does. You know, I have I think I have, I have like I have pink shirts and I have salmon shirts. My wife's always like, bright colors look so good on you. And I'm always like, Oh yes. And like I walk around like, Oh yes, I think I look quite sharp in this. <laughs> how, how old do your kids have to get before you're like, ah, just go do stuff and then you can you can actually like kind of kick them out of the house? Um, well, like actively kicking him out of the house and being like, go, you know, just go to a playground or something. It's difficult where I live. Like I grew up in Minnesota and it was relatively easy because it was just more sort of residential where I was, but I'm near like a really big strip and like a Metro station and they're like deranged hobos around and stuff. So it, it's not quite as easy as, as when I was growing up. I mean, that's a, that's like a wistful thing all parents have now where it's like, you know, in my day, they pushed me out onto the range. Yeah, you, you and Jimmy and Joey played stickball all day. Yeah, and then mom would ring a triangle to, <laughs> you know, call you in at sundown for a pot of beans or some shit. And me and my brothers, we would roll a wheel down and hit it with a stick, whatever <laughs> two, the fuck game two that was. sticks with a tire yeah. all yeah. the way down the street. And you could also just hitchhike across the country, and it was cool. Yeah. They and are, and not get murdered. They're relatively self-sufficient now. Like this was sort of the first year, like where when we traveled with them, it was relatively easy and and like it, like a va- like last summer the vacations started to feel like vacations again. Like when we would go to the beach and stuff. Like and that took about ten years. Drew, <laughs> shoot me straight. I'm going to Hawaii in July uh, with with my daughter who will be sixteen months. 
Uh, <laughs> You're an idiot. How's it? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you've you've yeah. wasted your money. Yeah. Totally. But you, you don't have to buy her a ticket at that age, right? Like she sits on your lap on the plane? Um, that's right. They, yeah. They're free, although that is its own. I think there was one time where we came, because it's like before two years old. And sometimes, sometimes airlines are hard asses about it. Sometimes, the, like we have had, like Southwest asked for like a birth certificate. Ooh, <laughs> damn! Just tell, just tell them it's an em, tell them it's an emotional support child. Yeah, yeah like it's, it's a sufficiently large baby. <laughs> Say it's like a carry on. It's like a bag. No, a we, bag of guts. We did convince the in laws to come with us, so we have backup. Uh, oh, that's great. Oh, 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 then yeah, then you did a great job. You did a really smart thing. And also, that's true. You just you pay a Hawaiian to look after your kid. Although mm-hmm. you know, you, I don't, you, maybe that's not so safe. Hawaiians. My, you know? fa- my family's slave. My family's Hawaiian slave. Yeah. Sure. Every everyone in Hawaii's got at least one slave, and you give your babies to the slave, <laughs> and takes care of it. Oh, a kokua. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Is that the word? No, when was the last time you went to Hawaii? Eighteen fifty four. Yeah, yeah, about eighteen fifty four. Drew, let me just float a theory. Like maybe you 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 bite the bullet on the first camp, you send them to knife camp, teach them some really good knife skills, and then after that, you can sort of just let them go roam the neighborhood with his knife. Is there Who's knife gonna? Camp? Who's going to rape a kid who's got a knife skills? I love how rape like, is the first thing. Teach him with like like a gun and all that stuff. I, you know, um, we haven't even sent the kids to sleepaway camp. I, I, I did, I think the first time I did it, I was like nine or 10 maybe. And my daughter's like 11. So she's sort of overdue to be pushed out, you know, onto a lake for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Do, do it. Do it now before it's too late. Because I, I went to a sleepaway camp when it was I think I was 12, which was too late because all the kids, we were all fighting and stuff. And, um, and it was, it was like middle school, but at camp, which is not mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Elementary well, school they, at camp is dope because everyone, did they all, did they all know each other already too? Like by the time you got there, yeah, like, a lot were, of the people knew each other and, uh, and there was one kid awful. who was a bully. He was like a, a Mexican guy, but he said the N word a lot. <laughs> And uh, and he kept picking on me. He punched me in the face. And then we had uh, we had racist Cincinnati kids. We had. Oh, I can't like, even imagine what that's like. Racist from the, Cincinnati kids. Yeah, like from the like the Kentucky suburbs of Cincinnati, which were just like deeply racist, and they were they would tell racist jokes and like. You know, I'm not. You know, I was an impressionable kid, but I was still ten, and I was like, "This doesn't seem. This seems fairly racist." Joe, <laughs> <laughs> is there a particular uh, strain of Cincinnati racism that makes it different from other racisms? Yeah, like Cleveland racism. Uh, it's been more. It was a bit more naked. I thought. Huh. I mean, the most. Well, the most racist people that I had ever encountered were the Cincinnati kids, and then when I was at Michigan for a semester, and then uh, up in New England. Where people were, people were just sort of like, they're just racist, and they, they didn't even think twice about it. Like I was always, that always surprised me. I was like, you, should you have a bit more shame? Yeah. I mean, you know, not in 2017, but you know, for us, we just that was just a different part of the high school. Uh-huh. Like there was the one, racist part. Yeah, there was one part of the campus because we had. Uh, <laughs> Don't get into the racist part. We had like our our, our my hometown 
hometown kind of butted up against the mountains and so it was like the farm worker kids from orange cove and then like the mountain kids from dunlap and then the rest of the kids were from reedley and they all went to the same high school which ones were the racist ones the ones from the mountains I, from dunlap yeah, oh. i was gonna say so they hung the out moonshiners yeah because a lot of <laughs> don't the, go over there that's the kk quad a lot of the a lot of the central valley was uh was settled by the okies a la steinbeck and uh, i remember still, still a few of those around and yeah. so there was this one corner of campus i remember i had uh I forget what it's called, library, whatever the fuck study hall is called nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, and I had it with the wood shop teacher, the auto shop teacher, who I never would have had otherwise. And it was on this other part of campus. Yeah. And I remember they were telling, they were like straight up telling lynching jokes, like in the yeah. middle of the class. I was like, all right, interesting. Never been over to this side was of campus it the, before. The south of the school? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although east or west. One of my, one of my, one of my few blogging regrets was that I, I, I did a post about my camp. And I, I named the camp and I told stories about, you know, being at the camp and like, you know, throwing up from dipping for the first time and uh-huh. like everybody, everybody wanting to bone the craft teacher and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. and, and then, you know, like a, the next day, the the guy who ran the camp, who I knew, you know, like I had gone like a trip, but he was like, he was pissed because it ended up being the first SEO result. Like, <laughs> nice. So he's like, I got a lot, I got a lot of parents calling me. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> So I always, I always had regretted uh, naming the camp. I should have just used the student in camp, camp butthead or something like nah, that. No, you got to say the name. The craft teacher is not even bonable anymore. Yeah. How dare you? She's old and shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so that guy, he, like, punched me in the face, right? And uh, and then we were, it was the day before we were going to Raging Waters, you uh-huh. know, and I wanted yeah. to act right because that's my favorite. St. Dimas High School football rules. Sure. Yeah. And from uh, Phil and Ted's, they go to Raging. Anyway, it's sorry. been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, and uh, we were at the pool, and and I was like really afraid that he was going to drown me because <laughs> like, yeah. he'd been beaten up on me. And oh, man. and so like so then I'm I'm in the pool and he starts swimming towards me. I'm like oh shit. And so uh, like he tries to like get his hands on me, but then I push him down, and then I I I. I pull off his goggles because i think like oh that'll stop him and it didn't because water is not that bad yeah he's not a witch and then like when i see he comes back up i freak out and i just i just i actually punch him in the face and 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 make his nose bleed and then i start crying (laughs) well that's the thing it would have been a triumph that i had i not started crying and then uh and then I, I kind of like ran out of the pool. I was like, "You are gonna attack me and stuff." And so they, they like, uh, they, they, you know, I think during lunch that day, I'm waiting to get kicked out of camp because I'm like, I'm gonna get kicked out. I'm not gonna get to go to Raging Waters. Uh, we're in two different parts of the cafeteria. Someone calls him over into the office. And I was like, oh, he's going to get kicked out, too. And then he's going to find me on the streets and he's going to shoot me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, I get called into the office. And I'm like, oh, this is it. And I go in the office and it, I just got a care package from my mom. <laughs> and and he got kicked out of camp and I got to go to Raging Waters. And <laughs> So who's laughing now? Yeah. I, th- I, I, I Sounds I, like white privilege. It is white privilege, though. But the thing is, is he was, he was a dick to everybody. Yeah, so, yeah. like, like, but I definitely punched him in the face. And it, I made, it was the first time I'd made someone's nosebleed that, that wasn't my brother. Mm. And, and, uh. And that was tight. Also, crying, I met- crying after you beat someone's ass is the realistic thing, though. Like that's what mm-hmm. happens in a Christmas story, and I always remember that being yeah, that's realistic. Like, yes, you, you've that's got what 
When you're a little kid with a lot of adrenaline and yeah. you don't, and a lot of feelings and mm-hmm. you don't know how to process those feelings, they just turn into tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time I punched Especially a kid in the face, you a bitch, <laughs> was uh, <laughs> I got hit first. I was in fourth grade and I punched the guy back and then we got broken up and then I just remember like it didn't hurt and I was like crying and I was like, oh, are you okay? That must hurt. I'm like, it doesn't hurt. I'm just, I'm just, I'm scared now. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and you're, you're a little bit like, am I going to go to jail? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Is the FBI gonna interrogate me? Yeah, and the, well, another week at that camp. You know what's funny is, is the camp that I went to. Our big trip was to Windsor Waterworks, which is the same the thing same as, as Raging Waters. I mean, water parks Crazy. is dope for kids. Yeah, I I still to and this adults. day love water yeah. parks. Um, was uh, Raging Waters everything that the movie made it out to be? It's the best. It's the best. It's really theme fucking park. awesome. It's like every slide is fun. It doesn't hurt like the way roller coasters hurt you know mm-hmm. you go on a roller coaster and you're like i'm dizzy the tooth buster yeah <laughs> from it, the simpsons sure you got oh, yeah, a, a bad one they just sort of like you get scrunched in and the bar like sinks down your nuts it just doesn't that. feel good and it's 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 like uh it's not fun but going down a water slide oh so fun it's yeah. like it's and lazy river mm-hmm. i love lazy river oh man lazy river's the best i'm a lazy guy so it's like it works one out of my buddies me. got married in mexico and uh the resort where he got married had a lazy river and man, we just spent the entire time there in the lazy river getting beers, which we weren't supposed to have, but we were just like, we'd smuggle beers in the lazy river. Yeah. And I mean, that was like five years ago, right? So yeah. like just a bunch of adults enjoying a lazy river for probably of the week we were there, a cumulative probably be, two and a half days of that week we were there. Wouldn't it be a real borracho? See, si. <laughs> did they get married? Okay. On the oh, Rio Perez also. <laughs> no. Uh, no, they got married on the beach, but then we all went in the lazy river after the wedding. That's so fun. You gotta be careful with your feet in the lazy river. By the way, sometimes you'll drag them, and then you like you're having a nice time, like for three hours going around. Then you wake, then you get out, and there's no skin on your toes. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, I did that. Yeah, it hurts, and then you can't even walk because you got these like. I disagree. Totally worth it. I mean, you don't. I, uh, you don't want to drag. I still remember the music from that scene when they brought Napoleon. Like I still remember. <laughs> we all know the boys and the girls doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, do you want to talk about your book, or do you want to talk? Did you watch Get Me Roger Stone? Uh, oh, I didn't. I didn't watch Get Me. Roger oh, okay. Stone. Well, that makes it easy. That was. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. No, you, we don't have to plug the book. It's all right. It's uh, out on paperback, uh, July 4th. There you go. Oh, that the, look what's, at that. What's the name of the book? The Hike. The Hike's back. It's. Uh, it came out last year, and then it's out again in paperback, so it's cheaper. So people who were too cheap to buy it the first time can buy it now. Do you have it available on audiobook? Yes, it is an audiobook, but I did not read it. They didn't have me read it. They had a real person read it. Why didn't you read it? Because there were like character voices and stuff, so they wanted a voice actor. I read the last book on audiobook and it's it's nice cuz they pay you a little extra, but you're in a you're in a box for 2 or 3 days. Yeah. And you know, and I'm reading my own you know, crap, and just like I'm like, uh, I feel like I, I, I don't know. As I would an, end up rewriting it as an avid audiobook <laughs> yeah. listener. I, I like I like when the author reads it because a lot of times they get an actor that like overdoes everything, and they yeah. try to add vocal inflections and like emotion. <laughs> like they try to find the emotion. It's in like just in Wayne's like, World too, where they stop the scene and then bring in Charlton Heston. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, dude, just read. Like I want to add the emotions with my mind. I don't want, I don't want you to add just emotions to the the narr- the narration of well, the book. I, so sure. I think it's uh, for every uh, Philip Roth book, 
um, they get the same guy. This guy, Ron Silver, I think his name. He's like an actor, or at least he was. I think he's dead. Oh, Blue, Blue Steel, Ron Silver. Yeah, that's him. Uh, and uh, he's great because I, I, for some reason, like, now I don't actually know what Philip Roth looks like. I just think he's... Oh, you know who Ron Silver is? Yeah. He's the guy who's... Would you Would you like to see The Ruins, my friend? From uh, The Arrival with oh, Charlie Sheen? Oh, shit. That's he's gonna show yeah. Charlie Sheen's the ru- the ruins. And he was like, and he was like a huge Hollywood like Republican guy back when there were only like two of them and stuff like oh, that. Man. I remember Ron. He was he was an awesome actor too. Oh, he like, died in two thousand nine. I didn't know that. Yeah. Are there any alt right guys in Hollywood? Not. I mean, not not well, that I know. Steve of. Mnuchin, Roger Stone, fucking. Uh, but in, in Hollywood, Hollywood? Bannon. Uh, well, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. There's uh, a bunch of alt right people. No, they all like most of the alt right guys like came from L. A. Yeah, well, I mean, in Hollywood, like actors, guys. Yeah. No, but, but, but I mean, Blue, but actors. Blue Steel's Steel a really good movie. Like it's Catherine Bigelow and it's Jamie Lee Curtis and and Ron Silver. Scary shit in it. Well, never, he's really good at reading uh, uh, Philip Roth novels, and because uh, he's he's got such a Jewy voice, and it works so well for this. Like, because <laughs> n- every character is just I'm a Jew from Newark. Uh-huh. That's every character, and uh, so he he kills it. So yeah, you should have got. <laughs> <laughs> we got Ron Silver. We should have gone back to 2009 before Ron Silver died and got Ron Silver. Exhumed Ron Silver. Exactly. Just find that he said all the words and then Grand Moff Tarkin his ass and put it and make him, you know, just just cut it together like he read the book. Yeah. Yeah, they can do that now, man. Yeah. Yeah. How did they do the voice of Tarkin? Uh, I don't know. They probably got a guy who sounds like. Him. Because he, he sounded a lot like him. I feel like I should have re- researched that, but I, mm-hmm. I never did. You just said it. That's, that's I, all right. I just watched the movie, and then I was like, "This something seems off about this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he died in 1990. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He died He died ages ago, yeah. They pushed it. They pushed the envelope res- resurrecting him. So I just saw the uh, Baywatch movie. You saw that? Yeah, I did. How was oh, and man. how was it? Dude? I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't good. It was just you know, it was a thing. It was like shiny, shiny, bright colors and, and sounds that I you could watch I, for two hours. Which I, is, I, I'm grossed out by Zach Efron's body. I think it it's is too it's like muscly. He has his muscles on like too high and tight. Somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, very, it's very intimidating. It's not. I don't want comedy from someone that beefy. Exactly. It's like, but it's not it's like beefy. when Flanders puts on the ski suit and yeah, he's like. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. Yeah, nothing, nothing at all. At all. <laughs> There's just it's it's off somehow. It's like too it's too ripped in a weird way. It's, it's like not like athletic valley for body exactly. Yes. Yeah. And if yeah. you can tell, it's not like athletic ripped. It's just kind of like spent a long time sculpting that. Yeah, and like, like he paid he paid someone like five hundred thousand dollars to like devise like to the ounce the perfect diet and yeah. like workout routine. So it's like he's almost like unnaturally. There's probably like some body contouring makeup going on too. Yeah, mm-hmm. there definitely is. He looks like a, like a character from the three hundred decided to do a comedy, yeah. and he's too well, shiny. Real shame. And this is all from a trailer that I saw. <laughs> I sort of from the trailer was like oh, that could maybe be like a Twenty One Jump Street type situation, right? Where it was like, I, I had no expectations going to 21 Jump Street and yeah. loved it. I have to say, though, I'm getting I'm getting super done with uh, super self-aware movies. Movies mm-hmm. that are yeah, like, like it's like, it's, it's stop being funny. Like, I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2, and uh, 
it, that movie was actually good. I enjoyed it, but it was on the line. But I'm I'm calling it right now. No more movies that are self-referential. We get that they're movies. I think it's funny. It was so funny for the longest time, but now it's like, are you guys just like, you're just pissing away the money then. Give me the money. I'll be proud to make a movie and not even reference that I'm making a movie. Yeah, Baywatch seemed like it was just two hours of LOL, we're making a Baywatch movie. Uh, yeah. This it, is a Baywatch movie, man. Uh, it pretty much was, but here's the thing. Here's a cameo. Here's yeah. the thing. Oh, 100%, there's a surprise Hoff cameo that's like yep. totally framed. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. But here's the thing. The reason the 21 Jump Street movie was good is because it sort of parodies the concept of 21 Jump Street. Right. So instead of just making a 21 Jump Street movie, they're kind of like, all right, what was the appeal of 21 Jump Street and how can we kind of make fun of that? Right. Which is an interesting way to do it. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. this movie, like, they kind of do that. Like, you think they're doing that at the beginning of the movie where, like, you know, The Rock as Mitch is supposed to be like this amazing dude who saves it. Everybody's his friend because he's like, oh, you, Mitch saved my sister. Right. Which is kind of funny because it's kind of like a takeoff on the original where the original kind of felt like uh, David Hasselhoff's ego like made into a character. Right. It was like his own, his own like ego gone wild. Like, I've turned, never actually turned into a show. seen an episode. Oh, it was a fucking great show. I heard. But then, yeah, but, I never watched it either. But then you realize that it was just a joke about The Rock and how awesome The Rock is. And then like, yeah. He calls Zac Efron High School Musical because Zac Efron was in High School Musical. So it's just like it's like it's it's not even referencing Baywatch. It's literally just like referencing the people that are in the movie. That's the thing. Yeah, it's that's that's too that's no good. That's no. over the line self-referential. Yeah. It's too self-aware. Our movies are becoming so aware that they're movies that they're not even movies. Okay, anymore. there's a difference between like parodying the concept and then just making a joke about the fact that you are the rock and we know that you're the like that's yeah, right. dumb how many times are they gonna break the fourth wall and <laughs> right. wink at me yeah. like after a while it's like look at the fucking character stop looking at me let me ask you this does the rock flex so hard that he busts out of a cast no so then no. it's a step down from fast seven yeah okay. absolutely <laughs> are, are people nude in it or is there is there good nudity there's in no nude, nudity except for a dead guy's dick which i thought was kind of funny but like dead guy's yeah, dick that sounds funny. hilarious that's pretty yeah, good that's pretty funny but uh but they, have, they have true detective girl in it but there's, there's no true detective type stuff huh? no no and they got oh man we've kelly we've discussed, too who's we've also, discussed her bosoms oh diadario like, at least 10 episodes of the frog i'll cast. never forget they're they're, they, um, they're breathtaking they're, they're like my 9 11 if 9 11 was a good thing like those twin towers never fell if instead of three thousand people dying they all just came <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, it'd be like that yeah uh no they don't show them um, also, the reason I brought it up is I, I don't know if you guys, Matt obviously didn't watch Baywatch as much as I did when at all as, as a kid. I watched it a fair amount, and I and I, going back, I watched the uh, the theme song over again. I don't even know what it is. I think I'll be there. I think that might be like the best theme song and montage sequence like of the entire '90s. It pretty really? much, really, it's the best thing. in yeah, better. It's so good than uh, the Growing Pains. Yeah. Theme song. Yeah. What about Beverly that's Hills 90210? It was true. much like it was very similar. Like it yeah. had the same, like the same. Uh, and he's like, yeah. and he'd like, you know, 
he like what was it? he did like a fake punch to luke perry during the yeah part. yeah, yeah. yeah. it's kind of like that it's very it, like they sort of mimic the uh mm-hmm. the music to it but it's all like babes in uh bikinis and david hasselhoff running towards the camera looking all badass you know it's, it's like, like a fade to white and then a jump cut you know like yeah, a, yeah. and he's spinning the he's spinning the little buoy on his hand Oh yeah, or about, I think I, I have a theory that nobody, that most of the reason that people watch Baywatch is because that that intro was so badass. They kind of just like let it play after that, mm-hmm. and then didn't really question it. I was thinking, that, I was thinking that about Top Gun the other day, where I'm like, yeah, I just watched the intro, and now I just I'm just kind of going with yeah. it. Yeah, what's the intro like? Oh, it's just planes taken off of an aircraft oh, carrier. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. Isn't uh, isn't Miami Vice like that too, or it's just people speeding around in cigarette boats and shit? Oh, that's some dope theme music. That is legit. Last, awesome. Last American Hero. What about that? That's why I like the Miami <laughs> Vice movie because I just greatest American Hero. Oh yeah. Six- I even by listening to the dialogue, I just watched it. I had to watch that with subtitles on because like about sixty percent of it is completely unintelligible. <laughs> was that movie any good? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I really genuinely Colin enjoyed it. Colin Farrell and was it Jamie Foxx? Yeah. LL Cool J? Nope. Jamie Foxx. Wow. Uh, Jamie, Jamie Foxx and a, uh, a checked out Colin Farrell. But the visuals are, are so, there's just like, there's like the cobalt blue sky with like a private jet on it. And you just want to dive into the screen. Yeah, it's Michael Man, right? And Colin Farrell just fucking brooding your face off. Like he's going to actually, he's actually going to make you go unconscious with his brooding. But is there any yeah. full, full frontal in it? I think there was some nudity. A dick? I mean, it's it's a Michael Mann movie, so the it's it's about men doing their jobs. (laughs) (laughs) No no time for sex. I have a job to do. (laughs) Drew, did you see Black Hat? No, I heard it was was awful. I heard it was utterly ridiculous. I don't get like because Michael Mann is one of the greatest directors ever, and also one of the worst directors ever, and I can't figure him out. Like, I mean, he did like Heat. And collateral. You can't say he's like one of the best and one of the, maybe he's just uh, like, his good movies are amazing. Yeah, and I been, mean there was there was a, an article that broke down. I think it was called he's, "He's Hollywood's Greatest Hack," and it showed like how he stole parts of Heat from his own movies and he just <laughs> makes the same movie over and over again. Like they have like shot for shot proof. It's actually pretty amazing. Yeah, but I mean, like other directors do that, and and they're like stealing from their own movies that suck. No, but I'm talking about like dialogue, like entire yeah. like, scenes. It's, it's. I mean, I, I I like Michael Mann. I love his movies, but I thought it was I thought it was a cool sort of revealing thing. I need to look at that because I saw Black Hat and I was like, how did the the guy that uh, the the idea that the guy who made Heat made that without having some sort of aneurysm in between <laughs> is 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 kind of shocking. Well, I like to know like because Baywatch like the whole reason they made it all winky right it was so it wasn't cheesy. But are there any? Like, are there any successful cheesy movies anymore? It, I mean, it was still cheesy. Let's see, a successful cheesy movies. Like an unabel- like a sincerely, a movie that tries to be sincere but is cheesy but is good anyway. I think like a, that's a comedy like, specifically. You're I saying. think Man from Uncle was kind of like that. Like, it felt like a sincerely kind of cheesy action movie. Yeah, see, I might, I might like that. Or I uh, didn't. Wasn't the Point Break remake just completely delirious? I mean, cheesy? that was like, but that was that was bad, good because that was just. <laughs> I mean, that was a travesty, but it was like a beautiful travesty. I mean, he, it was like focus grouped. 
it was it was so like over the top dumb because so like it you, was you, like it was like here uh, come to this focus group and you'll get your lift ticket free no, for the day. No, I mean, well, first of all, the cinematography was amazing. But um, you know, imagine you want to make uh, a remake of Point Break, and you're like, all right, well, what can we what can we change? And of all the things that they thought they needed to explain from the original, they thought they needed to explain like why his name was Johnny Utah, and he goes, he goes, Johnny Utah. That's not even my real name. They they call me that because uh, my mother was a Ute Indian. Uh, Ute means mountain people. I guess that's why I was so good on the slopes. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> like, just two guys sitting in a room coming up with that and thinking it's good dialogue is fucking incredible to me. Yeah. You know, that's such a cheap thing they do now, too. They're doing that with Han Solo. Like, they said Han Solo's name isn't Han Solo, like, mm-hmm. in the spinoff movies. And so everything is just some stupid origin story where, like, your payoff is that the guy is like, my name is now yeah. Han Solo. It's no longer Flapper Burke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The end. Well, even fucking Better Call Saul's doing that. Yeah. Like, the whole show, you're like, wait, all right, when does oh. he become... And I love that I show, but, I like... I honestly like I like the show better at this point in the show than I like Breaking Bad, but I don't care about the tie-ins at all. Yeah, I, I you gave up on the show. They're like, oh, you got a real job filing, Jimmy, and um, you know, that's like season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I gave like up on Ameri- it after season it's like one. The Americans, I'm I'm two episodes behind the Americans because like I got to like two episodes ago, and they had a scene where just like there's literally people sitting around a dinner table and there's no dialogue. <laughs> And they're just looking at each other, just annoyed. They're definitely like, uh, no! <laughs> There's definitely no show like as unhurried as Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not I trying to go, go anywhere. Nah, move your ass. Are you watching Fargo? Yeah, Fargo moves its ass. Okay, <laughs> okay, but I haven't watched this new season. No spoilers. All right. Can we do it? The fucking villains, like they they got this stupid, uh, like. They have dumb quirks and they're also gross quirks now. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking. With his about. fucking teeth and the bulimia, like, come on, that's not, like, that's that's <laughs> bad quirk. Dancer. You're trying to dance around spoilers, but you're thank you're you. Failing. I I appreciate you not saying any spoilers. Although you just said bulimia, and now is that a spoiler? I'm into that show, but every single time they get. They have one bad guy who's just like reciting poetry when he does his dialogue, and it's it's so it's it not. It can be very. It can be pretentious. Yeah. They also they do the full disclaimer before every episode, which is not necessary at all. Like just, right. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it in the first episode. Which is like the know. most blatant lie of a disclaimer, by the way. Well, they did that because the the original movie has a similar disclaimer, and which it's is also, also a lie. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. It's a weird move, but I I almost respect it as like it, it the, like it it did make me think it was a real thing for fake news, years. Man. It is literally fake news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, for, I don't like it. For years, I was like, wow, this is something that actually happened. And then after. I found out like years later it didn't and I was like should I hate the movie now and I was like well I've liked it for so long I can't actually hate I'll it I'll give them credit for making the story good enough that I never I never sought out the backstory mm. like if something's not great you're like oh I, I want to know what that's a really happened. good point yeah or you, you know most sort of things that are like true story-ish you seek out what the real story with Fargo I never ever did I didn't that. actually realize that it wasn't a true story until the Fargo TV show came on and like six episodes in there's 
like so much fucking killing in broad daylight <laughs> that I'm like, this happened. And then I looked it up and it found out it was all and bullshit. Like, and like the bad guy is always, he's about to kill someone. He's like, hickory dickory dunk. Yeah. The black, the black. And then he just like does like a long fucking story about his childhood. Wait, like, could you just kill the fucking person already? Did that happen? No criminal has ever done this. Is this happening in season three or something? Kind of, yeah. Well, don't give me spoilers, dude. I don't want to hear about hickory dickory dock, man. Hey, there's no, there's no hickory dickory dock line. I don't know what Vince is talking. <laughs> he does, he does start out a conversation with, "Your wife is fat." Yeah, there's, there's, there's a bit of fallacy of talking, Bill, and going. That on. whole <laughs> scene felt like something that Troy Duffy wrote, man. But I, I'm, I'm okay with it. At least people are dying. I just yeah. want, I want at least one or two bodies per episode, and That's fair. I will. Otherwise, I'm bailing on your show. Yeah. Let me or tell you I'll, something. I'll bail on the show for nothing now. I can oh. go watch Narcos anytime I want. So I'm not going <laughs> to steal for your show where people are staring wistfully at one another. There's too many shows. You can't You can't waste my time or else I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not afraid to bail. I, I, I'll cut you loose. Let me tell you something that fucked me up. Was uh, I was probably 10 when I saw the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And there's the whole part at the beginning. Oh, that's this right. Is based on a true story. Which, by the way, is narrated by John Larroquette. Who, what? Who is Dan Fielding in Night Court. Yeah, I know and, John you know, Yeah. Wow. He right. narrated what that part. What was the deal with like late 80s, early 90s? I feel like they had us all convinced we were going to be murdered by serial killers. Like mm-hmm. There was an extreme mm-hmm. um, crime panic. Yeah. There serial killers and child molesters. I mm-hmm. remember Stranger you know, Danger. We, we had the special episodes of like different strokes and stuff like that. Yeah. And However, guidance to talk about. It was always like you're gonna get molested. It does seem like there's less stranger abductions nowadays than there were back then. Or is that is that That's like just uh, the lobbying work of NAMBLA? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They've just figured out how to normalize it. No, no I, people have, people have phones, right? You can't just go yeah. grab someone and scout with them in a van because some someone else is going to be like, "Well, I better take a, better take a Dude, camera." Yeah, there was like an epidemic. Bodies are going to be there, filming you. On there was like an epidemic in the Bay Area. World like, star hip hop. We growing up. There were so many kids went missing in the Bay Area, and they even found that one. That girl, Michaela. Where was she? Like, she was in some like pit. Like some guys like backyard pit, like chilling. Or? Yeah, not voluntarily. Oh, okay. <laughs> they solved. They solved um, a mystery from when I was a kid in Minnesota. They solved it this year. It was a kid named Jacob Wetterling, and like it was like 1987. The kid went. And they on, found and him, right? Like, they found. Yeah, they found. They found him this year. So it was yep. like, oh, wait, shit. alive? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. no. There was yeah. another kid in Minnesota who was missing for less. He was missing for like five years, and then he had just been like kidnapped and like raised in another family. Like it was very <laughs> strange. Ugh, yeah, brutal. But I feel like there's hey, less of that. What's, what's everyone doing this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Holding on to my kids tightly. Now I don't have any kids, but I've stolen a few. I'm just kidding. We're having fun. What are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, one of my friends, uh, his best excuse—the best excuse for getting out of work that I've ever heard—was I think he was like working at a pizza place at the time, but he told his boss that he was walking home through a construction site and he fell in a hole that was too deep that he couldn't get out of and he had to wait for the crew to come the next day and bring him a ladder before he could climb out of the hole and and the, and the boss bought it they bought that because which i don't really blame them for because like that's such a weird story that, that it would be hard to assume that somebody made 
Do you have abrasions or anything like that? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, I just did. Yeah, fell down a hole. Couldn't get out. Yeah. I was down. Just on maggots for a day. <laughs> it was fine now. It was quite an ordeal. I don't want to talk about it. Anyway. Listen, what? I had to put the lotion in the basket to get out. I don't even want to. <laughs> yeah. Give me back my freaking dog. <laughs> Put in your basket. <laughs> oh, that guy's great. Oh, so Drew, we had a question uh, from Justin Halpern on Twitter. Um, yeah. Which I think was about, I'm trying to find it now, but it was about uh, who's more annoying, <coughs> sports writers or film critics. Right, right. And uh, God, that's that's tough. I mean, film critics are really annoying. Although there's, there's like four of them now, so it's not really fair. But... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I find film critics annoying all in the same way. You know, they all like the exact same movies. They all they all go to festivals and rave about movies you won't get to watch for nine months. Oh, he, he, the, the actual question was, who's the more annoying gaggle of reporters, film critics or sports reporters? I think it's probably sports reporters. I think it's probably still sports reporters. It's tough. Like, I think, I, I think that on average, I'd probably rather hang out with the sports sports reporters but i don't know about that i don't know i feel like but here's the thing i feel like that if you hang out with a big group of sports reporters you're inevitably going to find the significant faction of of that group who in accordance with my theory of all things sports writing are just very angry at everyone participating in the sporting event that they don't play for the yankees in 1954 is that a very yeah? yeah I mean, it's a thing. Like like they're mad at a basketball player for like not hitting seven on the 1954 Yankees. Well, that's that's it. Like you're not gonna get a gaggle of film critics pounding the director about what went wrong in the movie after the premiere. <laughs> yeah, bro. Can you explain why you know why Brad Pitt had such a listless performance out there? It really seemed to struggle. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I think talk about. I think as a group, (laughs) I I feel like as a group, sports reporters kind of remind me of like radio guys, where they're kind of like, anyway, we got a boomerang. The new like they they just talk to sort of hear themselves talk, Uh and there's a lot of there's a lot of blowhardy dudes. Whereas film critics are annoying, but not in that way. Yeah, they're They're more spectrum. They're also they're they're cranky because they're in a they're usually in a hot room. They usually don't have a good seat. They're fighting with other reporters to get, you know, to get the same bland sound by yeah. Booty shit. They're usually fat. You know, it's late. <laughs> they want then they want to go home. You know, and then a film critic is like hanging out at Telluride. You know, it's not. I feel like it's frustrated. It's, it's frustrated athlete versus frustrated artist. And so you know, pick your poison there. Um, yeah, like I think, true. I think there's a lot of sports reporters that are they don't really think of themselves as uh, that they're that they're doing the Lord's work with sports writing. It's kind of it's. I feel like it's probably more of a gig to a lot of them um, that allows them oh, to they, be in certain places. They hate sports. Like, <laughs> right. like, like film critics like movies generally. Like you don't get a film critic who's like, oh god, movies they're the worst. Mm-hmm. Like. But you get guys in the press box who are like, I'm so sick of this. <laughs> I hate this team. I hate life. You I'm know? so tired of this game of sport. I want to go sailing. Can, can you imagine having to write about 162 fucking oh, baseball God. games every year? Yeah. yeah. 
That sounds awful. That Can you awful. imagine having to watch 162 yeah. baseball? I mean, I can't. There's a whole fucking book. I read it. Um, I wish I could. I would drop the author's name because this is a good book. But basically, he wrote. Uh, he was a sports writer for the Yankees, and or was he? Yan- yeah, it was the Yankees. And he got so fucking bored having to watch all these baseball games that he started doing daily fantasy. And then he was like, hey, I think I can be a pro. So he quit his job and became a daily fantasy pro. He ended up winning like some huge pot for hockey, of all things. Nice. Um, that's, fan- that's Fantasyland. I remember that book. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great book, yeah, Fantasyland. Um, yep. But the whole reason he got started on Daily Fantasy was baseball was too fucking boring. And he was a he was a baseball writer. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. Well, the thing about <laughs> this just writing in between every fucking inning is just yeah. like time goes by well, so slowly here. Yeah, and he's like, the re- I realized that like the only way that everyone else could deal with it was playing Daily Fantasy <laughs> to at least make it interesting so they could watch the game and be like, oh, I got money on this guy. <laughs> like, I, I, I need him to hit a dinger right now. They're playing baseball, but really, we're all just waiting to die. Yeah. That's, that's what, what it feels that's like. That's what baseball feels like a yeah, lot yeah, of the time. Yeah. It feels like, uh, what are we doing? Just killing time here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are we waiting for? That's what it feels like whenever I watch baseball. It's got, Although, you know, the playoffs are exciting. <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. That plays, right? Uh, the, I mean, the cool thing about sports is that there's a score at the end. So, like, you don't feel quite the same. Like, we all saw the game. We saw who won. Um, right, we I, know you failed. Yeah, like it, with with the movies, I there's no clear winner at the end, which is part of the reason I feel compelled to like, you know. Oh, that's why you write about get, it. That's why you get paid by studios. You got to get paid by them so they tell you what's a good movie, and then you just fucking collect that money. That's dude. true. Just it's not journalism. You just gotta just write what get they that say. Money. Get that money, dude. Talk about how funny a dead guy's dick is. And like that's an A plus movie. How much do you have to hear about the dead ball era as a sports writer? Me? Yeah, yeah. I guess you're more well, of an NFL writer, so I'm more NFL, so I don't really ever have to hear about it. And besides, uh, you know, it's sort of coming back anyway. Like mm-hmm. uh, home runs are down anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. I just I just started this uh, this sort of recent autobiography of of Ty Cobb. And uh, <laughs> just that time period is fucking fascinating because, yeah. like, the pre-World War One period was a goddamn shit show. Like, yeah. In terms like, of baseball? Just in terms of everything. Oh, life, yeah. Like, in baseball, like, there's certain mm. people... Is that, that the one that's just called Cobb? Uh, it's, I forget there's, what it's, it's called. It's a bad movie. Don't watch it. Yeah, yeah no, I read it's, one. It's, in, no, it's a recent one. It came out, like, last year. Okay. And this one is basically talking about how... I read the book that was the, the movie Cobb was based on. I never saw that movie. But there's the definitely, like, a, a casual chapter of, like, also then Ty Cobb murdered a guy. Anyway, the next week in Detroit, <laughs> yeah. he went three for four with two stolen bases. And you're like, well, this, well, hold on. This what? book is basically saying that like the whole racist, uh, psychopath um, conception of Ty Cobb is wrong. And it's based on like early sports writing where it was just like no fucking rules and they just made everything up. Which is sort of believable if you think about the time period, which was you know Spanish American War. You kind of just yeah, made the some Boxer shit up. Rebellion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they made they made everything up. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, but um, just like the Fake like the news. random factoids, it would be like it would be like one guy got benched because he would have he had like he literally had a flask that he would take nips mm-hmm. and nips of during the. There was an outfielder who had like a deathly he phobia. He brought his pet raccoon to the game. <laughs> There's one one outfielder that had a deathly phobia of butterflies. <laughs> 
and it was just and it was it was basically talking about the the um widespreadness of uh casual violence like in that time period yeah. where it was just like oh if you didn't like someone oh, back in the you day- would just haul off and punch him in the face yeah and you could murder someone and they wouldn't find him he could be in your backyard <laughs> they're like how are we gonna we haven't invented shovels yeah. yet or right. some shit yeah. i mean they probably had shovels but you know the police are yeah. like curious but nothing to yeah. go off of yeah yeah like they, like the infield was dirt was just manure just <laughs> straight manure <laughs> Any any book that's around the turn of the century is usually good because it's just people walking through shit and there's no laws. It's insane. I like my turn of the century history. I mean, yeah, that's like the best time period. I mean, that was, they're talking about Teddy Roosevelt, which is at the time where he would just, you know, he would just casually uh, challenge friends to like boxing matches. And that was, mm. that was like a fun that's thing rad. to do. Drew, yeah. you recommended years ago a book that I read, which was the, um, gosh, I can't remember the name, but it was the anarchist who assassinated Garfield. Uh, yeah, it was uh, called destiny of the Republic and Garfield was assassinated in a train station. A dude just walked up to him. A dude who, this is like back, uh, Charles no, he, yes, that's right. Uh, back when Garfield was president, the president had to take all visitors. So any <laughs> Yahoo with a train ticket to Washington could just line up and like, and be like, I'm here to see the president. And they'd be like, okay, just hang on a second. Damn. And Garfield, and like some guy was like, some guy had a meeting with Garfield, and Garfield's like, fuck off, you know. <laughs> and he was like, oh, Garfield's going to get me a job. And then like a year passed, and he didn't get a job. And then he's like, I'm pissed at that Garfield. And just walked up to him in a train station. And yeah. Shot him. shot him. And then Garfield was like, I hate Mondays. <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> and then the doctor killed him. because Yeah, the, the doctors killed him. him. Oh, yeah. They were putting their fingers <laughs> in yeah, it. They were, they, were like, finger, they were finger blasting finger the whole thing. His wounds. <laughs> They, they literally did. it was it was back before antiseptic medicine so like germs were considered a myth germs were fake news yeah, yeah. So, so like the doctor would eat like a you know a slab of bacon and then jam his finger <laughs> yeah. no actually the, the same thing happened to McKinley actually was shot in like this almost like a fairly similar time period like that that was yeah, how well, Teddy Roosevelt became oh, president no, was McKinley got uh, shot I'm kidding to get my assassinated president straight wasn't the book about McKinley? Uh, McKinley was killed by an anarchist, but that, yes. his name was the Gloss. Yes, and that's the one I read. No, but they both was that book they both got <laughs> fucked over by doctors like trying to finger blast the wound. The McKinley got killed at some expo. Book, and er, 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 hold, on, hold on, Drew, you've recommended multiple books about uh, presidents who were assassinated by <laughs> anarchists yeah. and then ultimately, essentially murdered by medical malpractice, and we that's can't even what, get them straight. Like, let's just let's talk about that for a second. Uh, Gateau killed Garfield and Zagloss killed um, McKinley. Zagloss was an, uh, an anarchist, killed him at a at a Buffalo Expo, and Gateau killed uh, Garfield at a train station. Yes, it was in Buffalo. And and at the Buffalo Expo, there Buffalo. was there was an X-ray machine there, like being expoed. Oh yeah, and so they're like, By hey, Alexander we, could, we could find the bullet, but no one could, knew how to use the thing. And then he eventually got operated on by like a gynecologist who didn't know what the fuck he was doing and couldn't find the bullet. Yeah. You found the clit, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, the clit was still considered a myth at that That's point. That's right. Yeah. The clit is a lie. I read a think piece about how we're not supposed to call it a vagina anymore. Oh, yeah. It's vulva, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a, the whole thing is called the vulva. The, the vagina is just the canal, and, and something about men are bad. Yeah, it's problematic. <laughs> it sounded all very problematic. Anyways, <laughs> you know what's funny is a single pussy lip. 
like just the that way checks, like that checks out full frontal nudity <laughs> on a man with like a flaccid dick just randomly showing up is is hilarious uh i think just a single protruding <laughs> pussy lip is a really what, like growing out of the wall no no on a woman but like you know like like if, if, <laughs> growing off the back of a mouse no like if i had like i would just like occasionally through my underwear i would like pull one out and be like blub 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 you know i think just, i'd have fun with just it peering over the fence yeah just peering over the fence like shut with it you know <laughs> I just think a single pussy lip is funny. Single pussy lip doesn't get me horny. The both together. Anyways, <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. Everyone here has children, <laughs> except for Vince. Yeah, I don't have children, and not me, except for the ones in my well. Anyways, uh, how are we doing, guys? <laughs> and Drew, did you ever read? Um, uh, what was the hell was that? The S.C. Gwynn book about the the air raid offense. No, oh yeah, I, I read that book. Like uh, it. It's called The Perfect Pass. Yeah, that's the one. Yep, it's great. This is about uh, about was it Mike Leach? Who, it's who about how it? mummy, and then and then Mike oh, Leach was his assistant. Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was how mummy yelling at everybody and all that. Yeah, it was great. It's really good. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. He's oh. like, I don't believe in stretching. Uh, we don't do any wind sprints. Mm-hmm. Well, their whole <laughs> the things, whole thing was like this nature. Let's let's practice very like position specific stuff so instead of like lining people up and just having him run like 10 hundred yard dashes it's like let's do a bunch of fucking drills where we're actually doing football specific stuff so i mean a lot of it was lost on me but i still enjoyed the whole thing yeah it was great well if if uh, i appreciate it because i just think about every dipshit football coach i ever had who's like well, if it's third and two, we're going to run a, the ball right up the middle. And if we can't get two yards, then it's your guy's fault. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice cop out. Like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for really uh, laying a, laying us out on the line there, pal. Uh, whereas they're like, hey, we, we don't have as good a talent. So let's create a system that lets us take advantage of, you know, the how can we take advantage of, like, not having the best talent, right? Which is... Didn't you, you uh, think is, didn't you enjoy being an offensive lineman more than Drew? I loved being an offensive lineman. Drew thought yeah, it sucked. That, that has to be, yeah. God, yeah. I hated it. I thought it sucked. I don't know. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. Well, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we no, didn't. No, I think we debated this the first time Drew came on like three years ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, no, well, I, I sucked at it, and then it was also I, I wanted to throw the ball or run with it or catch it, and I wasn't good enough. So. <laughs> Yeah. Then they're like, "Oh, you play tag." You're like, "Oh, yeah, all right." Yeah, right. you block the important people, and then no one notices you, and you're fat. Yeah, there's probably also some like after the fact, like, "Oh yeah, no, that was great. No, that was that was really fun. I'm glad I did that." You know, like, uh, but also, the, you know, let me tell you something. Uh, I had somebody. I'm 35 years old, and someone's like, "Hey, uh, at the office, like, hey, uh, we we play flag football sometimes. Uh, you want to come out and play?" And I didn't realize like. I think I came after him a little hard and like he probably didn't deserve it. And I was like, why would I do that? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, let me tell you something about the last time I played flag football. I'm like, cool, flag football, fun. I'm going to go run. I'm 6'7". I'll go like run and like jump over people and catch the ball. It'll be great. It'll be like playing football in the backyard. And I show up and they're like, okay, you block. And I'm like, fuck, that sucks. I don't want to block. So I'm like blocking and I'm blocking some like I we live in San Francisco. He's like a five foot four Asian guy. He was like 120 pounds. So like I shove him and he falls on the ground and the ref throws a flag at me 
And I'm like, what do you want me to do? And they're like, well, you can't be that rough. And I'm like, well, did I break a rule? And they're like, you're pretty rough with them. And I'm like, all right, fine. So then I'm like putting one hand. Yeah, you're and supposed then, to just put a hand yeah, on his head then, while he swings wildly. Right. And, then, and then the quarterback, you know, like... I don't know, fucks around, and then the guy runs around my one hand and like pulls the flag off the quarterback. It's like, what's up, dude? Yeah! I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. This is bullshit. I'm never playing this stupid goddamn sport What's again. weird is they had a rep. That's <laughs> very they strange. They have rep. And he threw a flag. And, and he's they, like, this oh, is flag football, bitch. Flags. Yeah. That's you, real... you put the flag in flag football, if you know what I mean. I do, and that's weird. Did you... Yell at this guy though. This sounds like a guy you yelled at. The ref? No, this dude out at your office. Uh, well, <laughs> Let me tell you what that. happened the yeah. last time. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I like, mean, I was like imagining his face being yelled at by like a six foot seven beefy dude. Right. Well, it was more like, no, no. Why would I do that? You're what still the hell? Scared. Why would I'm, you ask me that question? I'm you know? still scared. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized I'm like, oh, oh, sorry. No, no, I'm okay. Yeah. I have other stuff I, to do. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played flag football since I was a little kid. Drew, uh, I, sucked at I imagine you have to take care of your children now? I, I do. I have to go make sure that they're alive. And yeah. Dead. Usually they're alive, but they're, that's all right. They're probably all right. I mean, send them to knife camp, and they'd probably be better. <laughs> well, think about that. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thank you. See you, boys. Bye. Bye. All right, you pieces of shit. We all watch the same movie, so we're gonna goddamn get talk me about Roger it. Stone. Oh, fuck. All Dude. right. So, first thought about Get Me Roger Stone. Uh, made me mad. Well, yeah. Okay. So I had a hard time looking at his skull. Uh, I thought you a, were asking all of us. He has I'm a, sorry. He has a lot of. He has a really weird shaped skull. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like the most interesting thing about that movie to me mm-hmm. is that you know Roger Stone. He's basically like the leader of the alt right, or he sort of. He sort of uh, popularized the alt-right. Yeah, you're a little bit ascribing uh, too much. You're he, giving him he's a little... He's a major figure in the alt-right at this point, correct? Sure, sure, okay. sure. So it's weird to me that the guy who's a major figure in the group to whom cuck is a, is a favorite insult yeah. uh, was run out of was run out of Washington for letting people fuck his life. <laughs> like, he literally was run out of Washington in the mid-90s oh, because he was putting ads for guys to come fuck his wife. And yeah. then now he's like the... He's like the lead guy, uh, the lead cuck shamer. Yeah. Yeah, that is He's weird. principal cuck. Yeah. I, I, I was a little bit, I, I, I thought something similar, not quite the same, when uh, I found out it was him who uh, was yelling at uh, Jenk from from the Young Turks uh-huh. uh, with Alex Jones. Do you know who the fuck the Young Turks are? Why do people know who they are? Well, I know who the, I, I met Jenk. He's oh, okay. actually a really nice I guy. I mean, cool, but. Uh, and, uh, um. Yeah, so like, the, he basically they, what do you call it? They just went to a show. They there's they a, crashed. They it. like they crashed. Them, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then he saw Roger Stone. And at this point, I you know it, it, when I first saw that video, I didn't know who the fuck this Roger Stone guy was. I just knew that Alex Jones was there and was yelling and stuff like that. But as soon as Roger Stone shows up, the first thing you should do is is talk about the fact that he was run out of Washington for letting people fuck his wife. <laughs> yeah. Like, like to, that's it's clearly he's very sensitive that's about what it. He yeah. would do. If, yeah, exactly. If, yeah. He's that, a cuck in a Dick Tracy suit. 
<laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, the the guy seems like, and he's sensitive about it too. You can tell that, it, like, after that, it, it was like, pretty, oh, I gotta, I gotta take all these motherfuckers down. Yeah, you know, that's it is why. Pretty funny that they they show him, and he's got like a picture of his huge fake titted wife, like in a <laughs> in a see through tank top, like framed on his mm-hmm. desk, which is basically like a sign that says, "Hey, does anyone want to come fuck my wife?" Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, he's such. A gargantuan piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Like every time he was walking around New York, I was thinking, like, man, why doesn't somebody just run up and fucking hit him in the head with a brick and then run off? Well, that's the thing. I think for the large part, I had no idea who Roger Stone was uh, until this documentary. That I, is I, not me advocating violence. I was just, I'm just asking the question. Yeah, we do not. We do not advocate violence. Guy? If you saw him and you didn't punch him, that would be preferred by Vince Mancini yeah, specifically. That's correct. Yeah, correct. Me, however. Um, yeah, I I didn't know who he was. So if I ever saw him on the street, I wouldn't have punched an old ass man. Now that I've seen the documentary, I hope he gets punched a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't advocate violence, but I can dream. It is incredible to me how many bad things, like almost all of the bad things politically, go back to Nixon, mm-hmm. and it's crazy that he still has that much of an effect i mean like roger stone came from nixon roger ailes nixon came tattoo from on his nixon. back i mean yeah. this guy is I mean, that, the that first it all. troll that says it all he is the troll to end all trolls he is like i he he is the first troll and from him spawned many millions of trolls i feel like he because uh, he's got to be trolling people he's trolling yeah. everyone with a fucking nixon back tattoo it's insane it's insanity do you think like 30 years from now, people are going to be like, oh, wow, it's, uh, you know, this so-and-so political operative taking a page from the Trump playbook and having his candidate palm a glowing orb? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, man. I'm, I'm afraid that... Uh, I'm just hoping that he's going to... Like, Roger, Roger Ailes just died. Um, Bill O'Reilly just got fired. Yeah. Fucking um, Sean Hannity seems like he's hanging on by a thread after this Seth Rich thing. By the way... I don't know if people know the backstory on Sean Hannity, but like the entire reason that Sean Hannity is fucking famous in the first place uh-huh. is because he was a fucking DJ, a college radio DJ at UC Santa Barbara. Huh. He got fired from fucking college radio. Wow. Because he kept having this dude on who wrote a book about like AIDS conspiracy theories. Like this guy thought that you could like get AIDS from like mosquitoes and wow. like there was this big cover up because uh because like the world wasn't homophobic enough and 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 some other (laughs) stuff and so he got fired and then it became like a huge deal because oh how dare you fire this like conservative voice free speech that is how he fucking made his name wow that's why we have sean hannity because he got fired from college radio it's crazy a lot of uh, conservatives have this kind of origin story yeah like they they have an origin they all have weird sex shit well, they, they have weird sex <clears throat> shit. Yeah, like sure. Rush Limbaugh like got a deferment from Vietnam for like a carbuncle on his ass or some shit like yeah. that. Did you see where the that sheriff, that guy uh, Clark? Oh who, yeah, he, he he. Someone went through his likes, yeah. and it was all pictures of feet. <laughs> oh, that was pretty great. That was fantastic. Also found out you can go through people's likes. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I started scrolling to see what I've liked. And you know what? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah. Like. uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, it turns out it's not too bad. Now I know you've been liking this shit right here. Yeah. 
Stephen Miller. He's got his or we won't oh. quote tweet and we won't quote tweet. If, if Stephen Miller didn't wasn't into some freaky sex stuff, it would be the biggest disappointment in the world. Oh, for sure he is. The dude looks at you like he's asking. Like, like he wants to jizz on your feet. He's looking at you like he's like, I didn't say you could come yet. Like that's his. <laughs> those are what his eyes say. Yeah. Yeah. So he's from L.A. Yeah. He Bannon's went, from L.A. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like Mnuchin. Mnuchin's an LA guy too, isn't he? I, who's Mnuchin? I don't remember Mnuchin. He's the Treasury, Treasury Secretary. Secretary. Oh, I don't know. Mnuchin. Who Kamala Harris didn't prosecute when she was Secretary of or Attorney General of California? Now I got a Lugo Mnuchin. Anyway, so what are you saying? LA breeds the alt right. Yeah, a lot of a lot of alt right dickheads from LA. LA's a big city. You got millions of people there, and uh, I, and and also these are uh, sounds like media people. You know what I mean? Like, I think somebody made, uh, I forget what I was reading. I'm trying to remember where I was reading this profile of one of the alt-right people who went to like Harvard Westlake in, in uh, LA. Yeah. And they were making the point that they have this, um, you have to grow up in a really liberal place to get that, uh, to to grow up with this idea that being a conservative is this persecuted world. Totally, totally. Yeah. And it totally makes sense. Well, that's, that's one of, that's the Stephen Miller story because he yeah. was a Santa Monica guy. I forget where he went to. Another, yeah. Another LA guy. And, uh, well, Santa Monica. Um, <laughs> Not the same. But no, I mean, he had a bunch of liberal parents. He got big. His origin story was something along the lines of he forced his class to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, and, and you know, they were against doing it every morning because uh-huh. you stop doing that when you're in, when you leave elementary school. <laughs> right. Um, and he got his class to start doing it. And then, like, he got all these write-ups and, like, like Wall Street Journal and shit mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, yeah, then he started doing a bunch of troll shit for, uh, for the right. And his parents are both a bunch of fucking liberals. And, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people, it's like they... The most annoying thing is them getting away with uh, this being some sort of rebellious, like, clever... That's the most annoying thing just, ever. It's just infuriating. You know what's... Uh, yeah, you know what's rebellious? The fucking status quo. That's <laughs> yeah. nothing more rebellious than that, dude. Dude, actually, uh, rich people should have more yeah, stuff. And yeah, like, okay, okay, thanks. Yeah, thug life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, they're... they're the, the fact that they... It's it, it, the fact that they consider themselves is because they think they're in on some like they're smart. Everyone else oh, is yeah, fucking it's a stupid. Grand, it's a grand inside And that's joke. not to say that I we also kind of do the same thing on the left where we're oh, like everybody's cooler uh, than thou. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the difference is, is like when you're, uh, you know, when you're growing up in a place that's you know where there's a lot of liberals. You can tell that, like, the conservatives, for the most part, they're not really conservatives. They're just contrarians. <laughs> they're super into being a contrarian. And they're just like, they actually, do Black Lives Matter, though? Like, if you really think about it. Uh, if you really think about Europe, it. Europe is the cradle of civilization. And blah, 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 blah. And, like, they're just super into the fact that uh, that people get bummed out by their views. <laughs> um, on a lighter note... Um, a Guardian reporter apparently got body slammed by um, the Republican candidate in a special election in Montana. I'm extremely into this. And uh, we were reading the tweets like before we started recording, and it was like, um, the this guy, what was the reporter's yeah, he, name? Ben Jacobs. Jacobs. You ben have Jacobs. to read the initial tweet because <laughs> yeah, uh, even before it? I read the tweet, I, it's just a uh, here. I'll find it. 
<laughs> well, yeah, so, okay, so you got to read the first. The, <laughs> it's, it's, Greg Gianfort just body slammed me and broke my glasses. <laughs> Which what? is that's good. And then two Dude, tweets. Trump is about to appoint him to something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Meet the new FBI yeah. director. <laughs> and then two tweets later, he just links and says, listen to me get body slammed in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like the biggest cell phone of all time. All right, well, and have, then someone I else have. is live tweeting the event. Ben walked into a room where a local TV crew was set up for an interview with John Forte. All of a sudden, I heard a giant crash and saw Ben's feet fly in the air as he hit the floor. I can't quite remember the order, but the next few things were someone slamming the door, John Forte's spokesman walking into the room, Ben walking out holding his broken glasses in his hand and saying, he just body slammed me. (laughs) (laughs) And here's, here's the audio. Oh, I'm very excited for this. To the CBO score. It's just you know you were waiting to make your decision about healthcare until you saw the bill and it just came out. And what yeah, you and we'll about talk to you about that later. Yeah, but there's not going to be time. I'm just curious if you okay, have speak right with Shane, please. But you know. <laughs> You just body slammed me and broke my glasses. Get the hell out of here. If you'd like me to get the hot up here, I'd also like to call the police. Aww. He's about to cry. Can I get you guys' names? Hey, you gotta leave. He just body slammed me. You gotta leave. You gotta leave. So, first of all... I'm sorry about everything about that's hilarious yeah, to me. He, 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 first of all, you shouldn't pick on nerds. <laughs> <laughs> that's super fucked up. Uh, and also, uh, I mean, he's gonna get his ass sued like a motherfucker, I think. Yeah, he's like a zillionaire, so... So good. Let yeah. him lose that many, dude. Yeah. No, f- that's fucking insane. Also, who the fuck body slams well, people. Well, like, and their statement was like, the reporter was badgering the congressional candidate. Fuck that. We just listened to it, you yeah, fucking like, turds. Um, yeah, CBO just came out. I was just wondering what you thought. Oh, get the hell out of here! <laughs> Dude, man, the, of course, politicians are going to become emboldened to, to pull this shit. They're so <laughs> emboldened by the whole fake news thing that they're going to be like, I'm going to beat up the fake news! <laughs> Brendan, do you have that quote about uh, Noah's Ark? <laughs> oh god no oh i wish i could find it the quote about noah's art it was the same candidate oh we'll find it give me a second talk about some other stuff i don't i don't <laughs> want to talk about i want to hear about what gian forte i mean is there a funnier reaction to getting body slammed than being like you just broke my glasses you just broke my glasses did he say you just body slammed me you just body slammed me and broke my glasses i i think it's uh, uh, i would like to know what this body slam actually looked like was it a full-on like crotch grab fireman's (laughs) carry flip over or was it some other i don't know i mean the fact that he landed on body slam in his head makes me think he knows what he's talking about it seemed a little fast for it to be like a legit body slam this is a a direct quote there's nothing in the bible that talks about retirement and yet it's been an accepted concept in our culture today he said nowhere does it say well he was a good and faithful servant so he went to the beach it doesn't say that anywhere (laughs) the example i think of is noah he continued how old was noah when he built the ark 600 Does he say 600? Yes. He wasn't like cashing social security checks. He wasn't hanging out. He was working. So I think we have an (laughs) obligation. I can't can't even read this whole 
fucking quote. The role we have in work may change over time, but the concept of retirement is not biblical. So you hear that, people? You need to fucking work until you're 600. (laughs) Otherwise, you are a shirker, and you will not get Medicaid. You will not get Medicaid. Holy shit. That's what, like, guys, I was seriously fucked up after watching that stupid Roger. Like, I wish I hadn't watched it. I I told you guys. I I, enjoyed it. I thought it explained a lot. I said, I'm a triggered-ass snowflake right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... It just fucked me up. Like, it's only going to get more cynical, and the media is only going to get more balkanized from here, and mm-hmm. it's only going to get easier to, like... Like, I, I think the thing that sucked was, like, people were like, he's this, like, master manipulator. It's like, no, he's not. Like, yeah. he did the most basic shit, and people were like, yeah, that's right! Yeah. This shit did happen! You know, and like... And then with with the Infowars shit, it's like you never you, you will never convince someone who watches Infowars to be like, actually... This is inaccurate. Right. This right? is like, all bullshit. Like it's, and I, I just, I can't see a plausible way in which that toothpaste gets back in the tube, right? Where that gets undone. Where, where I there's a... Uh, I mean, it, I think most of the people that buy that unironically are about to die. And a well, lot of them are like dying I, off by the day. I, I agree with you in a sense, but I do think that the I problem mean, is still... Andrew Breitbart had a fucking heart attack The problem is still Roger there. Roger just died. But this is kind of interesting. Before you were talking about baseball. Baseball at the, you know, early on, sports writers just wrote whatever the fuck they wanted. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it just like, because they could. and and Well, and they also covered for dudes a lot. Like oh right sure yeah I mean they were but they weren't writing about Mickey Mantle getting shit faced and like banging floozies every night right they were just uh, they were either because you know why he'd occasionally throw him a floozy exactly yeah well, well that's that's a good trade off but the point is is that uh, but at some point it seems and maybe I'm wrong about that uh, sports media got more and more official and for some reason now. They're more trustworthy. I mean, I'm trying to f- draw a parallel here. At what point are we going to see things like Infowars and uh, you know uh, Breitbart held to a higher standard or a different standard? Well, who's holding the we're standard not. is the question. I don't know. That's 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 my point. Well, why did it change? Not. Why did it change in baseball? Why why you know why? Could or why you... did it change in all in all journalism? Well, doesn't oh, make yeah. any sense at all. It doesn't. No, I'm sorry, Matt. I'm just trying to say it's because it sounded like you were like back in the day. They just a lie. They did, yeah. But they don't lie now. No, they lie now. Okay. They lie a lot. I think it became I think it was easier to lie mm-hmm. and then it became harder to lie and then at a certain point there was so much media that you could lie with media. Mm. And so now we're at we're like back we're almost back to square one where It seems like we're back to square one, but at yeah. some point things are going to Well, people didn't get realize more... that you could lie with, you know, video and f- Men photos oh, before, okay, okay. and now we figured and, out how to manipulate MSP. those things. I'm just—that's yeah. the thing—is like I'm trying to figure out a way to feel better about this, and and you're not. I, I'm not seeing. I think I, no, I, I don't no, see. I, I think the the way that we feel better about this is that the younger generation is not fooled by right-wing email forwards like that is exclusively the domain of they're not but their cynicism is sort of get it at an 11 yeah but but i also see like there's there's almost like um there's the uh, stephen millers of the world who are doing it with a wink and know they're being contrarian and then they're only they only have power insofar as they can convince like a certain amount of dumb people. Dude, I see guys I went to high school with who were posting Infowars shit on Facebook all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's the problem. Is I really yeah. think it's much wider spread with younger people. And I think it's a lot of it is because 
uh, people are so cynical of any kind of mainstream media, which is not a bad thing. Uh, but that they're it's like misdirected. That's for sure. It's yeah, that's a problem. Is so they they fly into the arms of like a, a of an Alex Jones because Alex Jones is telling the truth, yeah. and and they can't. Uh, it's like not liking Hillary Clinton because she's part of a political dynasty, which is fair. Yeah, right. And then rushing into the arms of like a Pizza second people. generation millionaire. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that too. <clears throat> but it just it's. Uh, but I'm tr- I'm hoping that somehow all this online media people start being ashamed to be reading some stuff and and feel better about reading more accurate i don't know i don't know i'm trying to feel good about this meanwhile don't ask brendan brendan has no idea how to feel good i was i'm still fucked up i just just made me just made me feel good just made me feel good dude i want to feel because in baseball back in the day they lie and now they lie less though You were ma- like for a second. I was like, maybe, maybe things will get better. And now you're all telling me like, I'm going to sell everything and buy gold. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad idea. It's a bad idea, dude. Uh, that um, might be a bad idea. I'm thinking about it. Gold, gold's just as worthless as everything else. Is it not as worthless? What about diamonds, though? Diamonds are forever. Diamond are forever. Much less of a stable investment. Oh, really? Yeah. What's a good investment? Gold, cows, titties, gold, cows, big titties. Gold. Cows. <laughs> Gold cows titties. <laughs> yeah, Roger Stone movie fucked me up, but it made me more just I was just fuming with anger and then he ended it. There's with, that one scene, there's like a candid shot of him and Manafort at a restaurant mm-hmm. and they just look like the most fucking evil supervillain <laughs> yeah. dudes. Cir- yeah. Circle oh. circle sunglasses. God, I need to just shower after that fucking movie matt you want to give us one royalty free i'm like depressed now though because oh but you can just channel that i'll I'll try i'll try (laughs) i'm so scared though are you why because like what if we never get what if a congressional candidate body slams you yeah, breaks your thing. glasses exactly <laughs> you, you just, by the way you just time time. talk about a congressional candidate i just like to think about it i like to interpret that phrase as just like a guy who's in the running to have sex yeah <laughs> he's a congressional candidate like someone might have sex with him at some point stay tuned mm. for for <clears throat> things as they develop mm. more news as it comes all right <laughs> <laughs> with a uh, this one's for jake g jake g Jake G raped and murdered my wife. Uh, All right. I know it's John G, but it's his brother also did it. Yo, bitch, suck dicks all night. Lick lips. Fuck in a chair <laughs> Like nobody's there She rides that big dick all day In that chair But there's people there Cause we're at a public library And everyone's around us Watching us fuck There's a homeless man He's looking and he's about to bust a nut 
And it feels so good to watch him come Cause I'm also attracted to him He's got a very chiseled jaw and a nice dimple on his chin He's got a soft face for a homeless man Peter Pan It rhymed on time Bitches don't fuck when they wanna see my dick bitch uh, Lick that clip Suck on my dick and fist my butthole There's a homeless man He's watching us fuck in the library And he's enjoying every single moment of it But I watch his face as he nears the climax He's almost done He's almost done He's watching us fuck He sees us coming With no luck though But he's about to do it And now he's gone oh, And he spills, spills, spills that come All over my face Fucking come And I drink that cup And it tastes good And I realize there's no girl here There's no girl here I haven't been fucking anyone I've just been watching a homeless man Masturbate and putting my face near his big dick And if he does a little bit more come I'm gonna drown, drown in sorrow Also, also in his combo Just me and this homeless man and we're on the street We never were in the public library And everyone on this song It was directed by M. Night Shyamalan Everything is a twist in this life I don't even have a wife All alone Me and him Beautiful homeless man I'm seeing He's my best boyfriend Homeless man I'm seeing <laughs> KC, you never go wrong when you fall back on your world, boy. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, just... <laughs> I'm glad that one worked out. <laughs> I was, you know, I was questioning the direction. Me too. I was like, here, I'm trying to make this show a little more serious every week, and here's Matt singing about a homeless man coming in his mouth. Oh, that was but incredible! Oh, I'm glad we all had fun. Uh-huh. It's weird. I've never been. I've never done a uh, royalty freestyle depressed the whole time. And oh. as I was doing it, I was just like, "What's going to happen to this world? Homeless men coming on people." Mm. Mm. Um, we got a we got a couple of voicemails. This one f- sounds like a long relationship question. Okay. Well, I got to go in four minutes. Okay. Well, we got just enough time. I don't think so. <laughs> hey, Frogcast. So recently, uh, I've gotten back into the world of hookups and casual dating Hell after yeah. several years in a long-term relationship. Fuck that shit, dude. I've been seeing this one woman much Hell more yeah. consistently than the others. In fact, she's the only one I've kept seeing at least once every week and a half. Everyone else has been one-night stands or just sort of... Now you're just bragging anyway, about the pussy crush. My problem is... <laughs> She really likes me. She tells me I'm not yeah, like other huge, men. Huge problem. I'm far more woke and sensitive. Oh, and, I, uh, I can tell. <laughs> texts me every day and is always complimenting me what and telling bitch. me how much she likes me. She even told me I'm the only guy she's had sex with in the past month or so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, my dilemma is, that- is I just don't feel it. 
I'm not connecting or developing feelings for her. I find myself generally just disinterested in her. Mm-hmm. She's really nice, but I just don't. Cut it off. Cut it off. That's all you get. Yeah. Is there is there more to this? Yeah. Let's feel oh. it. Okay. So how do I break it off? Oh. I've never had to break off a casual dating situation. Before this, I would just... I think you just say, you straight up say, yo, I'm not feeling this. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you should definitely cut it off. Uh, and also, I don't mean like, I'm not trying to sex shame you. I'm glad that you're you're pounding hella pissy. And uh, that's, you know, you do what you got to do, but be nice to people. Um, having said that... Uh, if you if you're if you're if she's texting you a lot and uh and you see each other on a regular basis you do have to break up with her um she she also told you that you're the only person that she's seeing so she she deserves probably at least a phone call you're gonna have to be the bad guy for yeah, about yeah. 10 minutes at it least. sucks it sucks but it's also like if you uh use whatever wokeness that that you have to, to stringing someone along, they're gonna. It's it's way worse. It's way worse to string someone along. Um, and so if you're not feeling it, then then you should just you should say. I mean, you know, be nice about it. Don't be like, you know, I just like, I just. You I, could also pull an obvious ghosting situation. No, don't ever ghost. Don't, I mean, I, that's not preferable, but yeah, 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 you can do that, but you shouldn't do that. Uh, and what else? Oh. Um, uh, it's really hard to get into somebody if you're, if, when you're like dating a bunch of people at the same time, it doesn't like, it doesn't, it, it, it kind of, uh, it ruins it a little bit with people that you might think you might like. So just know that like, that you could probably, you could try slowing down, just like meet a girl and just date her and, and then maybe you'll fall in love. Mm. Or maybe she break your heart. <laughs> Either way, she could choke you out in a minivan, like Matt. yeah, choke you out, spin in your face, or maybe she'll do something else you like. But <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, but it is hard. I I know that when I was like doing the online dating thing, and I, yeah, I was like, you know, going on a lot of first dates, and like sometimes they would lead to second dates, sometimes it lead to nothing, and then uh, eventually I realized, oh, I really like this one person and I've been like kind of stringing her along. I don't really know why it's fucked up. I should go out with her. Uh, and then I did and it was great. And then snuggly rock fell and now I'm alone. <laughs> crumbled. <laughs> it did crumble. Yeah. I had a, I had a hair trigger for a while there where it was like, all right, if I'm not a hundred percent in, then I'm out. Yeah. That, that's the thing. I think, I, I think you should be a hundred percent in like right at the beginning. Like if you're not, mm. if you're not super feeling somebody right at the beginning, you're not going to be like super feeling them after five years. I mean, I, I depends what right at the beginning means. I think like if right. you like someone, but they after have, you've once, once you started having sex regularly, once you've had started having sex regularly and you have been seeing them, you know, for a, a good amount of time enough to like kind of get their personality. If there's like a bunch of red flags or, or whatnot, then obviously, cut it but like i do think if you there's going to be little annoyances you just got to weigh them against other annoyances because like and something's going to annoy you how much we more advice watch... do you think he wants from the two single guys on this Shut podcast? <laughs> wait you're single again no but i mean i'm not married that's a good point that's a good point so i'm alone brendan i have nothing to add I mean, come on that, that whole world feels so you foreign. have a child that whole world feels so foreign to me. It's a dumb world. Transport yourself back there in your mind's eye. 
if you have reservations now, then they're not going to get better. Right. That's true. That's true. But depends on what your reservations are. Like if your reservations are 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 very tiny things, I always feel like I because I, I always find there's always something. I always find something. I've never not found something. Like even with the with the uh, Roxanne from <laughs> Snuggly Rock. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like there was like little things like she her teeth were too perfect and I was like I don't want to spend my whole life with somebody who is one day inevitably you're going to crack a tooth it just happens mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. going to ruin her she's going to be so sad because she, she, she loves her teeth so much and I was like I don't want to be there the day that she cracks a tooth you should have broken up with her right there that I seems should've... like a realistic worry well, I didn't because I was like, maybe I'm going too far in my worries. So mm-hmm. anyways. Uh, but I feel like all those things are symptoms of, you know, a, a, a bigger a more issues. underlying issue, whether it's your issue, whether it's just you not vibing with them. That yeah. It's supposed to, it tells you something. Yeah. But I loved her. <laughs> Sorry. Well, then if you truly loved her, then that's a symptom. And a sign oh, she, that you need to go work on yourself. She Matt. body slammed Matt's heart and broke its glasses. She body slammed mm-hmm. my heart and I almost <laughs> cried. <laughs> she's probably going to get elected to the House of Representatives for the state of Montana. Mm-hmm. You think he's going to get elected? Probably, right? Probably. That's so fucked up. That's yeah, the world yeah. we live in. You can body slam someone now <clears throat> if they're a journalist and it's okay because fucking fake news or whatever. I mean, he's, I'm yeah. assuming he's not going to win the election. But we'll are see. we? Are we assuming that? It doesn't sound like Brendan's assuming that. And that bums me out. Yeah, he'll probably fucking win. When I was a kid... I'm sure Roger Stone's on the case. When I was a kid, nerds were supposed to rule the world. And now they're getting body slammed by jocks again? This is a scary-ass world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Brendan, you want to take us on out of here? <laughs> yeah, Matt. Only his, <laughs> only, <laughs> a gun and shoots us only, only his Matt's got to go, I know. Yeah. Yes, let me escape this hellish world the only way I know how. Um, <laughs> all right. Matt, thanks for coming on. Drew McGarry, as always, uh, three, four. He might be in the Five Timers Club by now. Oh, yeah. Hell, I think yeah. so, yeah. Uh, you can buy the hike on paperback. It's got a talking crab in it. Yes. Uh, it's a good book. I read it. Uh, Matt, anything to plug? Uh, I'm going to be... Oh, this, does this come out tomorrow? Hopefully, yeah. Uh, then I'm going to be at the Marsh in Berkeley tomorrow. What? Yeah, performing. Today. Today. Oh, today. That's right. Thursday. Jesus Christ. Man. I'm sorry. All right. You can email us, frockcast at gmail.com. Vince, what is the Google voice number? 415-275-0030. All right. Well, thank you for listening, as always. And until next week, good night and good chins. Yeah. <laughs>